Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. And when you look at a person's life and you see how much personal sacrifice that they've made to further the kingdom of God, that says a lot about a person. And when you look at the Apostle Paul, there were people saying, well, we don't know how legit he is. It's like, well, he gave his life, right? He was getting thrown in prison, beat up. And, and Paul, you know, went through a lot of difficulty, and he was only trying to love people, help people, serve people. He goes on to say, he describes more of his ministry of being an ambassador for Christ. Verse 6, uh, by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love. And, and I think as you think about serving the Lord in whatever capacity you do, uh, that without being empowered by the Holy Spirit, I think you cannot do ministry with longevity in any capacity, right? Because uh, you just realize that trying to serve people and try to love people the way Jesus loves us, I just think it's impossible without the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why he tells us in Ephesians 5, therefore be imitators of God, as dear children, you know, we're to copy the Lord, be like Jesus, uh, walk in love as Christ also loved us and given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. And then down in verse 17, so he says, hey, you need to be like Jesus, love people the way he loves us. And then in verse 17, he says, therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, every Christian from time to time thinks, what is God's will for my life? And here it is in verse 18. Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. So he's saying, love people, and then he says, don't, don't be unwise, but understand that you need to be filled with the power of God, right? Not with, in the King James, I think it, it says, it, for wine sometimes, spirits, right? And, and so, you know, not to be buzzed on, you know, vodka, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? And, and he's saying that you need that in order to love people, to serve people, to help people, the way that God helps us. And I think that's a key ingredient. And, uh, you know, it really is part of the normal Christian life uh, to be praying daily because when it says, uh, you know, don't be unwise but understand what the will of the Lord is, when it says be filled with the Spirit, those of you coming to church here know that that word filled is in the present tense. That verb means be ye being filled. It means continually, daily being filled. Every day when you get up, Lord, fill me with your Spirit. You know, when you come to church, Lord, help me to, to serve you and fill me with your spirit to love people the way you, because when you do it in the carnal nature, if you just don't pray and you're not filled with the spirit, somebody says something, they upset you. And, and, you know, I'm sure all of you seen some Christian, you know, you know, blowing up and, you know, outburst of wrath. And you think, oh, that doesn't seem very Christian. Well, that's because it's not <laughs> right. And only with the power of the spirit can you, you know, be an example the way he wants us to be. He goes on to verse seven, by the word of truth by the power of God, and by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. And so in, in Ephesians 6, Paul talks to us about the armor of God. And you students of the Bible are familiar with verse 13 where he says, Therefore take up the armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day 
and having done all to stand, stand therefore having gird your waist with truth, having put, your, put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith in which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, we could spend uh, a whole Bible study going through that, but we're not. But right, just that we need to be in all those things, taking, putting on the armor of God, faith, his word, right, righteousness, salvation, all those things. And so important as you, you think about doing God's will that really you can't really accomplish God's purposes as Paul's describing them with all the adversities and difficulties unless you are supernaturally empowered and that you're putting on the armor of God, you're being filled with the Spirit. And that's one of the things I love about serving the Lord at church is because it requires that I maintain my personal relationship with God and that I put on the armor of God, that I am filled with the Spirit daily because I'm just like anybody else, right? If I don't have the Spirit of God in my life, then my carnal nature just wants to do its thing. So Paul's saying those are needed if you want to serve the Lord. In verse 8, by honor and dishonor. Now he continues on to talk about what ministry experience is for him. By honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, uh, and uh, as deceivers yet true, right? So he's talking about these paradoxes that happen when you serve the Lord. Honor and dishonor. He's saying that when you serve the Lord, there'll be some people that honor you, and there'll be people that dishonor you, right? And he's saying evil report, good report. He's saying as you serve the Lord, there'll be people who say good things about you, and then there'll be people that say bad things about you. And, you know, some people will accuse you of, you know, deceiving. I had somebody tell me, because we believe in the Trinity, that, that what we're doing is all wrong. Like, oh, you guys believe in the Trinity? And I'm like, well, what church do you go to that you don't believe in the Trinity? I told him, you should look it up in the dictionary. The definition of being a Christian is believing in the Trinity of the Father. <laughs> anyway, right? But, I mean, uh, there'll be people who think they know the truth and think you're wrong, right? And that's what Paul's saying. But Jesus said, ultimately, right, when we look at Paul, we look at anybody, he said in Luke 6, every tree is known by its fruit. For a good man out of good treasures of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart bring forth evil. So ultimately, the proof's in the pudding, right? How do you know about somebody? We just look at what's going on, what's the fruit of their life, right? What's, what's coming out of their life? And the thing is, sometimes that takes some wi- a, a while to see that because it takes some time. But the reality is, is that, when you serve the Lord in ministry, there's going to be adversity. There's going to be difficulty. And I think it's good because then you're prepared for it, right? Um, I don't know how many of you have ever been in a fight, but when you get in a fight, the worst kind of hit is the one you don't see coming, right? If you know it's coming, uh, you know, I used to fight a little bit when I was younger, and uh, as long as you see it coming, you know, you kind of prepare for it, whatever, you, you know, tense up or block it or whatever. Um, but if you don't see it coming, like, poo, right? And if you go to church and you think, that Christianity is just going to be easy and that you're going to get involved in ministry and use the gifts that God's given you and it's just going to be easy and everybody's going to agree with you and it's just going to be smooth sailing, woo, just easy street. Well, it's going to be like getting hit when you didn't see it coming, <laughs> like, right? I mean, you know, sometimes people volunteer, they work in the nursery, a bunch of screaming little kids in there making smells and noises and <laughs> crying and, and then, you know, they might think, no one told me thank you. I'm like, well... Get used to it. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, right? I mean, because we don't serve the Lord to get accolades from other people, right? And now, you should tell the people in the nursery, thank you if they take care of your little screamer, right? Uh, because it's hard work in there. <laughs> I know some of you work in the nursery, and, you know, 
I go in there like, whoo, and they start screaming. I'm like, I got to go. <laughs> anyway, but, but here's the thing. It, we need to know that Paul's experience of ministry was difficult. What do you think Jesus' experience of ministry was, right? I mean, people were just constantly attacking him. Verse 9, he goes on to say, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold, we live, as chastened and yet not killed. So uh, where was Paul known, right? He was known in some places, not known. Remember in Acts 19, where the seven sons of Sceva tried to cast out the evil spirit, and the evil spirit answered and said to him, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Right? So, so in the spiritual realm, Paul was very well known. Now, he might not have been known at the local club, right, where they're all, you know, doing shots, but, but in the spiritual realm, people knew about the apostle Paul. When he said, uh, uh, chastened and yet not killed, right, he's saying, we got beat up regularly, but we're not dead, right? I mean, his view of it was just very optimistic. And, and I do believe that if you want to be a Christian who uses what God's given you to further the kingdom of God, you have to be optimistic in your service to the Lord if you want to finish well, right? At the end of Paul's life, he said, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, and I finished my race with joy. And if you want to finish your race with joy, you have to be optimistic. You have to look at the good. Because no matter what church you go to, there are always problems. There's always bad things to look for, look at, whatever. And, and you know why? Because no one's perfect, right? There are no perfect people, and that's why there's no perfect churches. And if you're here tonight and you're looking for a perfect church, well, this one's not it. And I'm just going to ask you, please, if you find one, don't go to it. Because you're not perfect, right? So, right, the reality is, is that there's just a lot of bad stuff going on in this fallen world that we live in, right? That's why we have weeds and goat heads and thorns, right? The fall, we know about all that. And, and you know, sometimes people are just looking for the perfect church. There's no perfect church uh, because there's just no perfect people. And, and so what do we need to do? Well, as you serve the Lord, you need to keep your eyes on Jesus. You need to have a personal relationship with him. That's why we encourage you to read your Bible, pray, seek the Lord, and then do what God leads you to do. And so if God says, hey, get involved in children's ministry or get involved in the television ministry or the worship ministry or whatever it is, uh, you need to do what the Lord leads you to do. And then you got to look at the good because there's always bad, right? I mean, I'm sure there's, there's gals that come and clean the church. It probably annoys them if they come to clean the church and then one of you come from your farm and then clomp, 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 drop big mud clods all across the lobby and they just cleaned it, right? Now, what do they need to do? They need to pray. <laughs> They're going to come after you with a broom. Rah! Anyway, but, right? So that's why Paul said, you have to look at the good. In Philippians 4, Paul said, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And we talked about that before, that God wants us to meditate on the good. The things that are praiseworthy, good report. Not meditate on the things that are bad. That's what CNN does, right? That's why they have such low ratings. <laughs> I don't know. I don't watch CNN, and I don't, I don't know about their ratings. But I do know that uh, less people are watching their show because it's just negative, right? And all of you in this room have heard about how, you know, uh, that network news, when people watch it, right, it, it makes them sad because they just talk about negative stuff all the time. And the Bible tells us that we're not to be focusing on all the bad, right? Imagine a family, a mom, a dad, and a daughter and a son. And imagine if every day when they got home from work, what the, the mom said to them, okay, everybody, tell me what was terrible about your day and one thing you hate about the three of us. 
and then we're going to go around and do that every night. Imagine what your family would be like. I went to a men's retreat one time with another church, and, and the pastor said, okay, guys, uh, I want you all, we're going to go around, I want you all to tell us one thing that you hate about your wife. And I was like, this is not a, a thing that I do, <laughs> right? I mean, I don't want to go down that road, right? And so he tells, look at the good, right? And that's what you have to do if you want to continue, if you want to finish well, because people are going to upset you, people are going to offend you, right? And, and Paul said, look, I'm just being faithful to serve the Lord no matter what happens. We're going to stop there because we're out of time. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Community Christmas Eve services on Sunday, December 24th at 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. This is a great way to celebrate the birth of Christ. Festivities will include the singing of Christmas carols with a contemporary feel and a message from Pastor Bob Larson. For more information, visit us at our website at calvarycaldwell.com, like us on Facebook, and may the Lord bless you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on the CW channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you and may you have a great day. Today is the day.